TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome you to the TalkZone.com. It is two guys and a mic. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. Big February heading into March Madness. And, uh, JB, I mentioned earlier in the week I'm starting to get it. Now I'm getting it at mid-level. I do have a semi-bad case of Wobo, W-O-B-O. Do you have Wobo? I don't know what Wobo is, so I'm not sure that I can have it. You are not aware of Wobo. I'm not even sure if your microphone is on right now. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think it is. Is it on? Wobo is what I call Winter Olympic Burnout, W-O-B-O. Now that you know what it is, do you have a slight case of Wobo? Uh, I don't. I, I have uh, enjoyed the Olympic hockey. I can tell you that. I, I really have enjoyed the Olympic hockey, and I'm definitely not burned out on that. But in terms of watching ice dancing and yeah. figure skating, I've never been interested. So I guess you could always say I've been burned out on it. So it's hard to get burned out. It's hard to get a sickness if you never had the condition in the first place. Yeah, I think that the Olympic hockey, I, I, listen, people can say what they want about the Olympics and it not being interesting and that the Winter Olympics being worse than the Summer Olympics. I'll go with you on most of those. In terms of the Olympic hockey that is really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a hockey fan or you're a casual hockey fan or you're not really a hockey fan, the passion in which these games are played, the the elevated stakes of these games, and the way these guys are able to play it, to me, if you're any semblance of a sports fan, is fun to watch. I think that the Olympic hockey games have been great fun and even though I think that ice dancing and all that side of it is nails on the chalkboard in terms of entertainment, uh-huh. I do think that the hockey has been great. Backhanded. Backhanded compliment to the uh, Winter Olympics. Jordan Burnfield, the uh, icon of male machismo here, mentioning just the hockey. I mean, that's a, if I'm on the Olympic Committee listening to the TalkZone.com right now, don't kid yourself. There's people up in Vancouver uh, you know, maybe uh, waking up in the hotel room, got the internet on, checking is, out two guys that are mic on the talk zone. I, I want to know if Cheap Bob shot. Costas and Al Michaels are sitting by the um, fireplace with us. On probably right not, but I'm going to guess Bob uh, Costas has got at least a couple of his people listen to our show. Oh, okay. He's got his pulse. Some on of the, the cronies. Uh, huh? Some of the cronies. I would imagine so. At least one crony. Maybe I just want Ms. one crony. I, you know, maybe Mrs. Costas. Okay. That, I don't know if she qualifies as a crony or not. But that's yeah. a cheap shot. Cheap shot by my partner, Jordan Burfield. Talking about just the hockey, you are a baseball, football, basketball, hockey guy. The essence, the essence of the Olympic Games is the ice dancing, is the bobsledding. I'm losing, shocked that this ski. is your Don't opinion, Don't tell coach. me you're in the Olympic Games just because you like the hockey. And I agree with you, by the way. The hockey's, the hockey's great. Phenomenal. No, but here's, here's the thing. I'm not saying what you're implying, okay? What you're I'm not impl- implying. I'm oh, stating it downright. There oh, was no you're, implication no. at all. You're implying that I don't like the ice dancing and the figure skating because it's more of a female's uh, event. No, I'm and that, implying that you are a uh, a sports snob and that you are unwilling to look outside your. No, I'm not. It's I've I've watched some of the skiing. I've watched some <laughs> of the the slalom and all these other things. It's not 
I, I do find the, the skiing stuff to be somewhat interesting. The half pipe, I think, is interesting because I think those guys are incredibly insane in putting their bodies in that kind of a risk, but also doing these amazing flips and tricks and, like, Sean White face-planting one day and then the next day winning gold. I mean, that that is fun. But for anyone that can honestly sit here and tell me that curling is fun to watch or that ice dancing is fun to watch, I mean... How? How is it fun? For I mean, curling, you are watching people with heavy discs sweep ice. <laughs> They're sweeping ice. I mean, for the love of God, this is not interesting. I, I'm with you. I, I've come a long way. I've gone down the road. I've gotten right near the end. The, the one sport I can't quite get into, and I can't even call it a sport. I'm with you on curling. I mean, a couple but, of my friends have said, you should be watching this curling. It's fascinating. Yeah. Why? I mean, no offense to janitors, but people don't line up to watch them sweep floors. Okay, Political so why should term now is custodian, not janitor? Okay, so then why should I be lining up to watch people on ice sweep discs? Well, they do sweep with unbelievable technique. Some of the most beautiful. Are you nuts? Seen. They're I, just going back and forth. I'm agreeing with you on the curling. I'm oh. going with you. There are some people that are into it. God bless them. But but ice dancing. Yeah, I even made the comment that I enjoyed the ice dancing a little bit more than the figure skating competition, only because at ice dancing, they actually skate. They get speed going around the rink. Sometimes in the regular figure skating competition, it's more of a power game where they skate a little bit, gather themselves, gather themselves, boom, up in the air, spin, spin, spin. I want to see them skate. On the ice, boom, 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 right, skate the ice. Yeah, I, skate the yes, ice. I am the gay. Rink. Yeah. I've become an ice dancing specialist. But the I'm, luge, I even got out of the bobsled, <laughs> downhill ski. By the way, are you a two-man or four-man bobsled guy? I I mean, I don't really prefer either type of bobsled, but really? I know that you missed David Olson's great little drop that he I brought in there. I did not because I was in my uh, anti-curling ice dancing diet. Yeah, what and he's, he he's right because he, he's a smartass. Over he, there. What did David Olson say? Well, uh, maybe he'll play it again if you're lucky. Yes, I am gay. That's what he played. Uh, and, and here's the thing about uh-huh. the ice dancing, okay, is that... Some people have said to me over the last two weeks, well, ice dancing is not a sport, so it shouldn't be in the Olympics. To me, there are some of these things are not sports, but they're Olympic events. So if your criteria is that it must be a sport to be in the Olympics, that's not really true because the Olympics has never only been sporting events. It is athletic competitions that may or may not be sports. I, you watch the ice dancing. Pretty athletic. Okay. Pretty athletic. I'm not, when a guy picks up the woman, spins her up top, doing I'm not the flips gonna, while they're moving them, and that's pretty tough to do. I'm not going to dispute that. But to me, if you're a fan of the ice dancing, then do you watch Dancing with the Stars? Do you watch you know, all these other competitions? Because to me, that's all this is. This is dancing with the non-stars, dancing mm-hmm. with people who haven't been stars for the last four years but are suddenly stars for the next two weeks because they're on your TV screen. Mm-hmm. And And I'm not saying that these people don't have talent or that they're not good at what they do in terms of skating, but I don't like just watching people dance on ice. I, I, I'm not saying that they aren't good at it. I just think it's That's, boring, and and it's not. Prerogative. It's just not to me. I mean, when I when I when you tell me I could watch an Olympic hockey game, or I could I could watch Olympic half pipe, or slalom, or one of these really fantastic sporting events right. over. Watching some very flamboyant man spinning a woman around and around and around who's not wearing any clothes, 
to me, the the the, the entertainment value kind of goes down. Right, there. But at least you uh, in in your diatribe there. By the way, uh, talkzone.com, two guys and a mic. The coach with Olympic killjoy Jordan Burnfield in the house. Eight 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 Olympic killjoy sixty seven forty eight. But you did compliment the downhill skiing and the uh, the luge and and you like the half pipe. So you're starting to get into I, I some said, of the other events. I you know you watch it a little bit. I got to admit, almost any event that I watch for a while, I'm hooked. And I enjoy it. Yeah, I, well, it depends for me. But I think that, I think that one You're of the biggest super G alpine or giant slalom guy. Uh, I, I like the giant slalom over the super G. I I don't even wow. know what the super G is. That's why I went with the giant slalom. But versus the alpine. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, you're you're speaking terms to me that right. you know if it's on, I'll watch it. I, I don't, don't really know what know. it means either, but I just thought I'd ask you. Yeah, I, I think Super G does that like require G force? Is it some kind of roller coaster? Like I don't even understand I what that is. I think it's uh, you know the Alley G show. Oh, I think yeah, the it's after him. show of the Alley G show is called the Super G. Oh, I see. It's so it's, it's so he with. turns into Borat. Is that that's what we're saying? <laughs> um, but I, it's just. It's just, I, I think that I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm an Olympic killjoy because there are certain parts of the Olympics I really like. I just I know think, you wouldn't say it. I was the one that said it. Uh, yes, but I think that what you what has been the biggest problem for <laughs> me with the Olympics. I am. I'm thrilled. Uh, the biggest problem for me with the Olympics has been that I I I really like the, some of the people they have on NBC, but they're not very good at telling you where everything's going to be. They're not like because I don't always know. Which channel the hockey's gonna be on, or which channel the slalom's gonna be on. All I know is, if you're on the regular NBC network, it's figure skating 24-7. Ladies and gentlemen, else, we introduced to Olympic Killjoy Jordan Burnfield an item called the newspaper. I know, but- Which fairly clearly states, basically it's MSNBC, CNBC, they tell you the times the events are on. I think the coverage has been great, and the commentators, for events that you have no clue what they're about, I think do a nice job. Of educating you a little bit and getting you into the sport. Right. Like I said, I don't really have a problem with the commentators. But what I said is that I just think that it's, you know, the the networks should be telling you, should be reminding you while these events are on that if you want to watch something else, you can go to this channel. They're still their channels. It's all their property. It shouldn't matter which of the networks you're watching, right? I mean, if, when you say go to something else, you're talking not Olympic events. I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying during the figure skating. Yeah. They, the announcer should be saying, you know, if you're looking for the Olympic hockey game, okay. tune to CNBC. Yeah. If you're looking for the Olympic alpine skiing, yeah. tune to MSNBC, Can't whatever it is. The point is, is that I don't think that the networks have done a good job other than through, you know, the newspaper or outside sources mm-hmm. of reminding you. Okay. Because when you're on, when you're watching it, you're not consciously thinking, oh, I should go get the newspaper as my TV guide. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't yeah, think I, about that. I would that. have no problem with that if the announcer would just mention, by the way, if you're looking. Uh, right. I, I think that that needs to be done. Good Hasn't point. been done. Good point. No question about it. 888-463-6748. You got thoughts from watching the Olympic Games. Jordan's favorite event is coming up Sunday. It's called the Closing Ceremonies. 888 <laughs> Before the closing ceremonies, my real favorite event will be coming, and that will be if the United States Oof. is playing in the gold medal yeah. hockey game. Yeah, that's that good stuff. That would be great. That's and the they got to be Finland today. We do agree on the uh, the Olympic hockey has been outstanding. I asked Joel yesterday, and I throw it out to the fans out there, too, 888 You can email us at 2, or I'm sorry, at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, Mike Two Guys, AOL.com. Why is the Olympic hockey, not just this year, but every year, so much more free skating, open-ended, athletic, more shots on goal? Is it just the width of the ring? Why are the Olympic hockey so much better than the somewhat 
closed-captioned National Hockey League? Well, I think it's A, that it is a wider rink. B, I think it's also not... In Olympic hockey, fighting is not rewarded. It is highly penalized. And so the it's a far more open ice type of game because okay. guys aren't trying to bash you into the boards as much. It's not as much... I mean, there's been some good checking in Olympic hockey, but it's more strategic checking. It's more checking to get somebody off the puck as opposed to in the NHL where sometimes, no matter what anybody says, you're really just trying to blow somebody up. And so I think that the Olympic hockey has been more shots on goal because you're spacing it out, it's less contact, and so therefore guys are able to get to gain more speed going back and forth down the ice. And yeah. I actually think, you know, it's it's made for a really exciting event because you watch a guy like a Sidney Crosby or an Alex Ovechkin or some of the guys in this tournament who have been able to get into the open ice and just fly down, you know, fly coast to coast for a goal or, you know, at least set up a goal. It's been a really uh, it, it's been really interesting to watch. And and one of the things, too, is that if you are a National Hockey League fan, which I am, it's cool to see that all these countries, for the most part, except for the small ones, most of the countries are very heavily filled roster-wise with NHL players. And I think that the the commentators, Doc Emmerich and the other guys, have done a really good job of reminding fans, you know, this player is from this team and this player is from this team. And they're really trying to promote their own product, which yeah. they should be. But I think it's been helpful for the – for the casual person that may not be a hockey fan to say, you know what, maybe I need, maybe I should be watching this more. I've heard that thought, and, and uh, the one thing that occurs to me with all the NHL players playing on different teams, it's a little snobbish. It's a little snobbish in that, you know, all you mentioned from Finland is the three or four or five guys that are playing in the NHL. Well, you know, with apologies to Gary Bettman in the National Hockey League, and I'm a big NHL fan, I'm not a big NHL fan, but I'm a solid NHL fan, there's good hockey players. There's great hockey players that don't happen to play in the NHL. So to me, in the Olympic Games, a little bit too much emphasis from the casual fan and the media feeding it but on which teams have NHL players. There's a lot of great players, and they might not play in the NHL. Well, but here's why I disagree with you. Because if you're if you're watching the Olympic Games in America, and that's where they're televising these games for you, they are televising them in America, okay? Well, they're televising them all over. Well, they are, but I'm saying that... They're, they're speaking in English to American fans. They're catering this to, to the American fans. What you're watching on NBC is catering to American fans. If they don't, if they tell you who the, you know, third line player is for Finland that doesn't mm -hmm. play in the National Hockey League, that's not going to resonate with you whether or not he's a good player. If you're trying, first of all, NBC Why carries not? the Why NHL. Why is it not going to resonate? Because you're never going to see that guy play again. Well, I've become a Julie Mancuso fan, and I never knew who Julie Mancuso no, but it's, was. but it's a different thing because, if first of all, the NBA, the, the NHL is being carried on NBC this year. I mean, they, they have the rights to it, so they're going to try to promote their product. Second of all, you as a solid NHL hockey fan, as you characterize yourself, okay, <laughs> would maybe would be watching one of these games. Uh -huh. Doc Emmerich points out to you that Valtteri Filppula is a member of the Detroit Red Wings while you're watching the Finland game. And you go, oh, I know who he is. Remember when we were watching that Blackhawks game? I've seen him play before. And then it gives you a perspective on the game. So I think when they do that, it's not a, it, it is promoting their league, but it's also to give people some kind of perspective to say, oh, I may have seen him play before. He's not just some guy in a Finland okay. uniform. He's also somebody that I could watch regularly play hockey That's if fine. I choose to like him. That's fine, but tell me about some of the other players, too, that aren't in the NHL. This guy plays on this club team, or he's one of great Finland's players who decided not to come to the NHL. So, you know, if you're going to pub one, pub the other. But I, I understand your point. It's just a little, to me, it's a little bit of NHL snobbery.
but I don't, I don't want to make a big I, deal of that. I don't see that. But okay. Matchups today, though. we got the uh, United States taking on Finland, 2 o'clock. The Finns. 2 o'clock, and just in case uh, the, the ice skating judge does not tell you what station to go to, it's NBC. Yeah, they're actually showing it on the Big Boy Network yeah. today. Does that mean no commercials, uh, well, I mean, sure. there's yeah, there's no commercials okay. during the period if you cool. know as long as there's no commercial breaks. So, yeah. so we'll say uh, commercial free, and then later on, it's Canada taking on Slovakia. The winners will play on Sunday, I believe, at two o'clock, two fifteen. Two o'clock. Prior to the uh, closing ceremonies, everybody, well, not everybody, expect the slight favorites. I think I could say that Canada and the U.S. in a rematch, but. Finland and Slovakia is certainly capable, Jordan, of pulling off upsets. Should be great hockey today. It should be. They're both really good teams. I, I think that, you know, when you look at I, I stayed up late a couple of nights ago to watch Slovakia play with Marian Hosa of the Chicago Blackhawks and Thomas, Thomas Kopetsky, who had a goal in the game. Yep. And good bless you, by the way. Um, Just one more goal than he's had for the Blackhawks in the last yeah, two years. Yeah, basically. Um, but, I mean, Marian Hosa's brother, Marcel Hosa. Oh, really? A member of the Slovakia team. There's a that. guy that's been getting some pub. I did not who's know not that. Who's not a snobbery NHLer. Yeah, is. The only way you can get pub. Oh, finally, a guy got pub. He's not in the NHL. Oh, by the way, he's the brother of an NHL star. Yeah, Another well, backhanded shot by the uh, Olympic killjoy over here. Oh, God. But anyway, I you know, he... <laughs> I, it's been they, they have a really good team. I mean, they have uh, they they have a, a very skilled team, a very fast team. Yeah. Uh, watching them play against Sweden a couple of nights ago was really was really enjoyable to watch. And the Finland team, I mean, Mika Kiprasov is their goalie. He's a really good goaltender, as we know from last year with the Calgary Flames when the Blackhawks played them. Even though the Hawks ended up beating him, he's a he's a very good goaltender. And you know, the Finns have some good players. And Tamu Solani, even though he's thirty eight. Really good player, Kimo Timonen from the Philadelphia Flyers. A lot of guys on that team that you'd recognize name-wise. Valtteri Filppula, who I mentioned before. I think um, I read is it uh, might be getting the name wrong. Is it Pavel Bore? Is he now the general manager of the Finland team? I think so. Yeah, the ex-great uh, NHL star. Well, he asked him and uh, Valerie Bure. His brother was an NHL star as there well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All God right. forbid we mention the NHL so when it, there's it, Olympic it, hockey on, considering like 78% of the players play in the NHL. How snobbish of us to mention that. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. JB and the coach, phone lines open, talk a little Olympic hockey, Olympics in general. We'll get to some other topics in just a bit. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer, by the way, get a good look at David uh, Jordan because he will be gone next week. We're not sure where he's going. He could be a suspension. It could be uh, he is leaving for psychological leave. Anybody that works for me for a couple of months, I've noticed they tend to take five days off. They go to a padded room. They listen to soft music, and they come back. Maybe a family vacation. I don't know what the explanation is, but, uh, David, you'll be gone all next week, correct? Correct. It's a sad moment for us. I'm going to guess. It's it's even a sadder moment for Randy Myers, who has to fill in all next week. The former Cubs left-hander. I would say that... uh, (laughs) Of your three choices, yeah, he's probably going on the family vacation. I'm going to so? throw that out there. I don't know. Although it came across my mind when you suggested where he might be going, uh-huh. that he could be searching <laughs> for the parts of Alaska where our signal reaches. Because you normally say, you know, that we're reaching seven okay. different con- continents and parts of Alaska. Okay. I think he's going to be <laughs> going to Juneau, to Anchorage, so to Sarah Palin's be, house to like find a, out where exactly our <laughs> signal reaches. Yeah, just the parts where you can see Alaska yeah. or see, see Russia. Yeah, <laughs> so we're going to be looking from Sarah Palin's driveway, and we're, he's going to take a look at Moscow. So in a sense, it'll be like a working vacation. David, taking the family to the most remote 
parts of the nation to see if the talk zone signal still kicks yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably going to be checking out the Iditarod, <laughs> and there's plenty of things to do out in Alaska. Isn't there that baseball game where you play at midnight because the sun is still up at yeah. midnight? I mean, there's plenty of things to do in Alaska, sure. just not at every t- point in the year. It's what he told his wife and kids. I'm sure they'll have a lot of fun in the one hour of light that they'll actually have in Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kids, come on out. It's 3 o'clock. we got one hour of light. Dad, is this the vacation we're going to take again? <laughs> this is oh. the worst vacation I've ever had. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, by the way, I want to talk about the women's hockey. That was a great game last night. Gold medal battle. Not a good finish for the U.S., but we'll talk about that. Also, the figure skating competition and get a little, a little college hoops. Pitchers and catchers have reported a little baseball action. And, Jordan, I know you are personally involved with one of Chicago's college hoop teams that had a big win last night. They did, and I can't believe it, and I'd be happy to talk about it. When we come back, TalkZone.com. Two guys in the mic. Phone lines are open. Dial it up. Take it away back in 42. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone yeah welcome back to the talk zone two guys and a mic by the way this signal is an old habit from back in my uh morning break radio days yes when i would direct the music we'd have like music coming in during breaks and then we'd play some bits and some highlights so i would constantly be up 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 down 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 I've yeah. almost broken that habit here with David Olson. Now you're just waving your arm randomly. Yeah, I do that even when I'm not uh, in the studio. It's you just, just a habit of mine. Wave your arms yeah, randomly. I'm driving around, I'll wave to people, you know, I'll tell them to raise the volume, lower the volume. You're just like the audio god <laughs> while you're driving. You are deciding how everyone else is going to be listening to whatever they're listening yeah, to. Yeah, once in a while, if I, you know, on a real slow day, I'll get out and, and direct traffic at a busy intersection. All right, pull her up through. Come on. Hey, hold her right there. Hold it. Come on. But you're actually instead just telling people, turn the music up. Turn the music up. Nope, <laughs> yours is too loud. Bring it down. Bring it down. I did have a college roommate, uh, my good friend Kenny Snodgrass, Peoria Kent. Last name is Snodgrass. I told him when he got married, it has to be true love because there's no woman that is going to take on the name Snodgrass if it wasn't true, true love. And he was not a guy with a lot of money. But uh, he would, we'd go out drinking. Did he night. find a woman? Huh? Oh, yeah. Long and time, she's long Mrs. Time Snodgrass? Uh-huh. Mrs. Snodgrass. Wow. 
Probably probably wears that mantle. That's that's unfortunate for her. Um, but <laughs> we'd go out drinking at night, and he'd get pretty well hammered. And then coming back at night, one of his traditions was he'd stop in the middle of the you know the highway, one o'clock or twelve o'clock or whatever, completely hammered. He'd start directing traffic. All right, up, hold it, hold it right there. All right, come on, pull her on through, pull her on through. I'm, I'm sure all these sober people <laughs> driving their cars really appreciate it. No, this. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Somehow I would agree. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Two guys at a mic here on the TalkZone.com. Real quick on the hockey front. Uh, I watched the women's gold medal game. I taped it in, uh, this morning, 5.30 in the morning when I wake up normally. This is like your general viewing time for sports, isn't Only it? Only when I run out. Like last night I got home late, and I watched the uh, women's figure skating on tape. So I only, you know, I, I can only stay up so late. My endurance is not what it used to be, sleep-wise and elsewhere. So I, I did watch the women's figure skating, but then uh, I couldn't stay up for the tape of the women's hockey game. So... I fast-forwarded through the first couple of periods, watched the third period of the game, and I will just say this, because I remember watching the women's hockey four years ago and how slow the game was, unbelievable improvement in the level of play. Now, I was watching the two best teams, but, I mean, it was really high-quality hockey, significantly better than the women's hockey four years ago. Obviously, a lot slower than the guys' game, but it was a lot more athletic, a lot quicker game than I remember the women's game. Canada, by the way, winning at 2-zip. Right. You know, I didn't get to see the game last night because I was working, so I can't really say much about it, although I will say that I did watch a little of the women's hockey. And you're right, it is it is faster. You know, I don't, I don't have that vivid of a memory of the speed of the game from the last time, but I was certainly surprised at how fast the game was because I expected it to be far slower than it was. Yeah. So I, I do think, though, that it was... Some of the, the players on the USA and Canada in terms of the women's hockey were really incredible players. Some of the moves that they made towards the net. The biggest problem with the women's hockey, of course, is what women's basketball was a while ago and still is to some degree, is that there's such a disparity in talent that the USA was just blowing out teams, and so was Canada yep. in the early rounds. And you don't really see that in the men's side because there's good hockey players all over the world on the men's side of things, but in the women's side of things, unless you're Canada or the U.S. or Russia or any of the top countries, I mean, China, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And why are you there? Why are you playing Olympics hockey? And this team stinks. I mean, they didn't have one player. All they had was a bunch of players with short names who were not good at hockey. This goalie was getting destroyed by USA. And I watched one of the games and and – this one girl for USA had this amazing move to the net, but she put the puck in, and it was like the goalie for Canada was like one of those uh, electronic goalies <laughs> in, at the ESPN zone that's like trying to stop your shots, where she was just shifting laterally back and forth, and the puck just went right past her helmet. Mm-hmm. It was awful. It was a little disconcerting during uh, the pregame and a couple of timeouts when the Chinese team gathered together with their coach. And they were like going over the rule book. Yeah, that, and he was like explaining blue line, yeah. red line. So that that's a little problematic. That's not so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, the, the disparity, though, you're exactly right. Yeah, man. it's just not even close. It was embarrassing. Some of these con- these countries, I hate to say, because I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to participate in the Olympics, but I mean maybe they should take a few years off as a program until they can handle it, because mm-hmm. you can't go to the Olympics and lose 16 to two and and consider yourself an Olympic team. Mm-hmm. No question about it. JB and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. We do it each and every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day. Five! Five in total. It's hard to believe they let us in the air for that many hours before leaving the Olympics. We should mention what many uh, sometimes call the signature event. 
of the Winter Olympic Games, the female solo figure skating concluded last night with the long skate. Yuta Kim, Yuta Kim from South Korea gets the highest scoring ever. I think short skate, long skate combined. She was unbelievable gold medal. Mawasato, uh, they all skated unbelievable. Nobody fell. I, I saw mean, about it, two and a half minutes of Kim Yuna or whatever her name is. She's good. I, I mean, she she looked fine. Even I, I can't the, evaluate figure skating. They 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 skate around. They do moves, etc. Mm-hmm. And the the only thing that I really listen for is if Scott Hamilton or Dorothy Hamill say anything of note because they were skaters. But most of the time, I have to say, and I really liked Scott Hamilton when he was a skater. He doesn't say anything. Have you noticed this? No. He doesn't say anything. I disagree. I he he I, just says that, oh, well, this girl skates with heart. What the hell does that mean? No, I don't know. I, I, I want you to evaluate the axles and the cows and the... And the axle cows and whatever they're doing, well, I need I need evaluation. Couple, Don't tell me she's skating with heart. I have no way of judging that. Couple of thoughts on that. First of all, you don't want to talk too much during the routine because we are enjoying. Yes, it's a sport, but it's also beauty too. So he doesn't want to ruin. They'll, they'll talk a little bit, but you don't want to break into the beauty of the routine. There's music going on, and then at the end, or when they show some of the slow mos, he'll break it down a little bit. I thoroughly enjoy. The uh, artwork of one announcer, Scotty Hamilton. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like he and Hamill are both accomplished figure skaters that I could be getting a lot more out of that are not saying a lot. I understand you don't want to say a lot during it, but that means that when you're going to talk, give me something. Tell me why that sow cow didn't work. Tell me why that axle didn't work or why it did work or what was do. so good about it. And sometimes you get that, but I'm not saying that you never do. Sometimes you get that. But at least from my experience of watching it this year and the limited amount of time that I have watched it, so it may not be as fair to say because I haven't watched every minute of it, but from the moments that I've watched it, a lot of the time I get these very open-ended analyses like it was a, she skated with a ton of heart or he skated with a lot of passion. And to me, that means nothing. There, I mean, that is saying nothing. There is nothing that I can take from that. I don't know if she skated with passion. Neither do you. She might have been miserable through that entire skate, but she smiled because sometimes people smile even when they're miserable. Well, you think, don't know. I think you can see not just the facial expression, but the way that they skate, the body language. And some open it up and some feel the crowd and some do a free-flowing routine and some are a little bit tighter. So maybe that's what they're talking about. But I understand. What I'm you looking said. for some technicalities. Okay. Here. Give me some, teach I, me something about figure okay. skating. I will after the show. Okay. I'll, I'll do a little double toe loop for you outside. By the way, we should mention one <laughs> so of the So am great... I taking you to the hospital then? You might. Okay. You might. Um, one of the great uh, stories of the Olympic Games, the young lady, Joanne, Joni, Joanne Rochette from Canada, whose mom died, sudden heart attack four or five days ago. We saw her do a brilliant short skate and then break down into tears, all that emotion. She performed extremely well yesterday, took home the bronze medal. That was a great story. Again, didn't see it because I was working last night, but mm-hmm. uh, you know that's that's one of the things about you know I, you, as you called me the Olympic killjoy. I'll basically uh, ruin that point for you by saying this: I think that that's one of the great things about the Olympic Games, especially for people like you 
who look at sports in a very rosy manner, that there are a lot of rosy stories that come out of the Olympics. Even in a tragedy, she wins. It's a great moment for her. It's sad that her mother's not there, but what a story it is that she was able to pick up from that and still win. These are the John Cone stories. These are the coach. <laughs> these are the beacon of positivity yeah. stories that come out of such a and, thing as the Olympic Games. And even though you make it sound trite, I'm not ashamed of that. A bit. It's one of the things that is always drawn me to sport everything from the professional level to junior high from ice skating to football you can always see the raw emotion those great stories or what did you call them the the john cone beacon of positivity stories nah, there was another term you had for them. but at any rate oh. yeah that, that's that's the cool stuff i enjoy that kind of thing and the rosy colored stories is that what is that the term you were looking yeah, for something like that 888-463-6748 phone lines are open folks dial it up if you watch uh, the Olympic game, not just yesterday, but any thoughts as we do head to a close. Today's a Friday show. We'll come back Monday with some final thoughts. By the time Monday's over, Jordan, we move on to Tuesday. We might forget. We might not know the difference from uh, Lindsey Vaughn to a four-man bobsled. Or Von, w- Von Scott, even. Possibly. Yeah, former singer of ACDC, right? Von yeah. Scott, Lindsey Vaughn could be the same person. Two of them get confused very, very often. Yeah, so, uh, I know yeah, they the do. The Olympic Games will soon be in the rearview mirror. The closing ceremony's coming up, but uh, it's been two weeks. It's been pretty good stuff. Um, other things going on now. We have some basketball action. First of all, we should mention, you are the esteemed broadcaster pre and post for the UIC University of Illinois Chicago Fighting Flames basketball yes, team. The men's basketball team had a nice yes. win last night. They did, yeah, over Green Bay, seventy-eight to seventy-one win against a nineteen-win team. I mean, if you live around here, you know that this has not been a real good year for UIC by any stretch. They're eight and twenty, one of the worst seasons they've had as a program in their history. But last night they had a great second half, came back from fourteen down to eventually win the game, and it's actually two consecutive games that they've come back from a 14-point deficit in the second half to win. And so, really, when you look at it, I mean, if you're a college basketball fan in this town, there are other teams that are maybe a little better this year. But I I give the guys credit because I'm around them every day. And even in the bad season they've had, they, they, they still believe they can win. And they know that they've just played pretty poorly a lot. And last night they they got some big shots to go their way. They they had some, you know, really good uh, defense at certain points of the game last night. And Green Bay, I mean, talk about a team that they're, they're a relevant team because they probably would have been a top NIT seed. And losing to UIC could really impact their season. So UIC a, a nice win for them yesterday. Mm-hmm. The biggest win probably, uh, well, not probably, definitely of the season. And uh, they close out the home schedule tomorrow with the Panthers of Milwaukee. couple of thoughts on that, and this applies to um, any basketball team throughout the country, as you know, via the Internet. Our show, two guys at a mic, being heard throughout the United States, Jordan Burnfield, and in all seven continents, also parts of Connecticut and Vermont. Kudos to the and basketball, I think, is the longest season. It applies to any sport, but I think especially basketball, because it goes seems like it goes on for so long. But kudos to those teams, players, coaches on losing teams like USC. When I say losing, maybe that's the wrong term. Teams, no, they're teams, losing, and they're uh, a losing team. They're 8-20. and 20. That's well, what they are. Okay. I, um, I know you don't want to have the connotation maybe, but right. that's what they are. Well, they're, they're not losers. Team. They're no, a team they're... that has a lot of losses. Right. But as long as you keep competing hard, keep believing in yourself, don't give up, 
And again, you'll picture me as the, uh, you know, paint me as the coach with the rosy colored glasses here. You are not losers. And I think it takes a, it's a lot of, it's easy to be spirited and believe in yourself and believe in the team and believe in the coach when you're winning. That All that stuff is easy. But I think the teams like UIC, I see it with Loyola a little bit. I see it with uh, uh, a couple other teams in the local area in previous years. When you are losing games and it's towards the end of the season, that is not so tough to stay up. Can you still give your best effort? Can you still believe in your teammates? Can you still follow what your coaches say? Can the coach still coach as hard and believe in his team? Not so easy when they're losing. So kudos to those teams who maybe don't have anything to play for these last couple of weeks but are still digging in like UIC. I respect that a lot. I mean, that's that's a very rosy way to look at it, and I'm not saying you're wrong because you do need to give them credit for coming out and playing well the last couple of games. But you're going to call me the beacon of negativity here, and this is to say that watching last night's game, maybe Green Bay just played poorly, but I'd like to give UIC more credit than that, that you know that UIC just beat Green Bay last night. But where was this all year? You know, it, that's the frustrating thing as a as a Flames broadcaster who's been around the team all year is that we haven't seen them play like this for most of the year. I mean, th- there were stretches of games where they were scoring 60 points a game and they were the worst offensive team in the Horizon League. Over the last eight games, they're averaging more than 70 points per. So all of a sudden, offensively, you know, without getting too technical because people may not know all the players, but offensively the guys that they depend upon to score are now scoring and defending and they're getting contributions from the guys that they were supposed to be getting them from all season and if they had i'm not saying that this uic team would be great because i don't think that they're great and i think that they would tell you to a man that they just don't have as much talent as that as some of these other teams in the horizon league and wouldn't be able to compete with the butlers in the right states but they could have at least been a, a reasonably decent team. Mm-hmm. They could have been somewhere around, sort of like what Loyola is. Not a good team in the Horizon League, but at least somewhere around 500 overall. When you see the way that they've played over the last couple of games, and you compare it to the way they played in January especially, it's a little bit frustrating that we're figuring it out now, and we didn't figure it out a month and a half ago. Uh, we are not UIC basketball uh, home station here, but I understand right. exactly what you're saying. Second point I would make, though, on the topic of college basketball and struggling teams, second point I would make is thank goodness for the college tournaments. Yeah. for I'm sorry, for the conference tournaments. Right. Because it gives teams, and I'm using UIC and Loyola as an example, but it applies, I think, throughout the country. It gives teams that are struggling early, Jordan, a motivation to keep working. There's always in the back of your mind, you never know we could get hot come conference tournament time. So, Comment number two is, thank goodness we do have conference tournaments. I think there's a lot more plus than minus. I, I, I do, but here here's the thing. I kind of get conflicted about conference tournaments. I like conference tournaments because I think that they're interesting. I think that they're very fun to watch. I think that they're good for the sport ultimately. But here's the problem with the conference tournament, okay? In the Horizon League, Butler is the team that's going to the dance pretty much no matter what. Whether, they, whether or not they win the Horizon League, Conference tournament, they're going to go to the tournament because they right. deserve to because they're one of the top 25 teams in the country. Yep. Okay, but let's say it's another conference, like the MEAC, for example. Siena is clearly the best team in the MEAC. Let's say they choke and they lose their conference tournament, okay, because Albany goes on some miraculous run. Or I, Albany's in the America East, but I'm just saying, you know, whatever. Some Pick your, pick your crap yep. team in the MEAC. 
they win the conference tournament, and now they're going to the dance and not the Siena team that ripped off 28 wins and beat some good teams out of conference, yada, yada, yada. That's when the conference tournament makes you upset. That's when the conference tournament is is infuriating. And to me, it's not, you know, it, it's not fair, really, that sometimes this happens, and we've seen it happen before. And remember last year, Cleveland State got into the NCAA tournament and happened to do well out of the Horizon League. But Butler was supposed to get the only bid out of the Horizon League when Butler now is one of two Horizon League teams. That bumps another team out. So it's sometimes for the sake of being fair, for the sake of having the right 64 teams in the tournament, the conference tournaments can sometimes really impact the tournament in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Talk a little college basketball here, transferring from – Winter Olympics to College Hoops Talk. You're a Hoops fan. You want to join the conversation, 888-463-6748. By the way, Jordan, we are webcasting now. Four different cameras to wave. I'm not sure which camera's on. but Hello, everybody. Normally, it's uh, just me in here talking to Joel, so it's nice to have another gentleman sitting in the chair. Two guys and a mic. That's the name of the show. I could just imagine watching you sitting there talking seemingly it's by not, yourself. It's not scintillating radio. No. Well, just not, watching radio. Yes. Because I feel like I'd be if I if I were to watch the coach for one hour, this yeah. is what I think I would see. I'd see a few hand raises because you're fading the music out even when you're not. Don't forget, right? I was gonna, apple, I was getting there. I was gonna be seeing you chowing down on your apple as you do as a staple of the two guys in the mic show. You definitely have your little thermos cup with whatever you've gotten there i don't know if it's coffee water russian vodka i don't know what you've gotten yes, there yes to all three yeah so you've got something in your in your thermos that you are sipping on throughout the show you've got two newspapers both of which rarely open during the show and then you've got lots of papers strewn all over the table and then a computer Two glorious screens of which you almost never use them and then struggle to make sure that you've got your tweet up at 10 o'clock for the show. Is that yes. my painting an accurate picture of the coach? Uh, sadly, it's way too accurate. Yes. Way too accurate. I can't hide anything anymore. You've it's got webcast. You've got the two TVs on. Yeah, I enjoy Are that. you ever monitoring the TVs? I do monitor so the So if, like, if there's breaking news, the coach yeah. is all over it. Well, not really. But last okay. week when they had those Hooters commercials, they kept playing over and over again. Then you were watching. Very distracting. Very, uh, Joel would be making some great point on the air. And I said, hey, what did you say? Huh? Speaking of which, there's this new TV show. Have you seen this? On, oh. uh, I forget what channel it's on. Um, um, and I also forget the name of it, which makes it a really great story. But there's a new show okay. on one of the network channels where they send the CEO of a major yeah. corporation mm-hmm. into the Under, workplace. Undercover Under, boss. Maybe? Undercover boss, yeah. Okay. And they they have them. I, I forget which network this is on, but yeah. they... You know, they have the CEO basically work amongst the people in, in a small location. I haven't seen it, but I like the concept. It's a really good show. I actually watched it for the first time, and they had the CEO of Hooters working in a Hooters. <laughs> and it was funny because there's kind of obviously a lot of hypocrisy that goes along with Hooters. Like, we're not exploiting the women, but they're wearing tight shirts and pushing their boobs up. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, they, you know, the, the manager of this Hooters that the CEO was working in was very – rude and you know inappropriate with the women and the ceo brings them all in and talks to the manager about this and it was just a very interesting dynamic to see the ceo ceo was a male i'm assuming the ceo is a male and he was he was working as like a line clerk or i don't know what he was doing exactly mm-hmm. in the hooters serving or whatever and uh you know he 
uh, you know, it was very interesting to see how these these CEOs kind of want their companies to be run, like what yeah. the standards are, what they want to see, even though you may not get it in all, you know, hundred and hundred and hundred of locations mm-hmm. that they have it across America. So well, one could argue even before the TV show Undercover Boss, it's a good thing for any CEO to do. Yeah, to go right? undercover. I agree. Yeah, you go to a location where they don't know you and actually uh, it's not like you're checking up on the employees. But more importantly, you actually do the work that the employees are doing. You can see some of the problems, see some of the issues. You can feel it. You can witness it. I would highly recommend it to any CEO. In fact, I think our general manager here, David Olson, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, he should do a show with me just to appreciate the pain that both our co-hosts and <laughs> listeners go through on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, he definitely appreciates the and pain. If, if he wanted to go undercover, you know, he could wear little Batman outfit, a mask, or whatever he wants I'm to sure do. that the people watching on the video stream would not notice anything suspicious if Robin was sitting next to you in here. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Coach and Robin, they're always on. This isn't abnormal. <laughs> I'm not phased by this. Yeah. Robin is sitting here in green tights next uh-huh. to Coach. Just a thought. As long as you're wearing the Batman suit. Now, speaking of webcasting, I was talking to a fine listener, Phoenix Lee. Phoenix Lee, if you're out there, we appreciate your listening from beautiful, sunny Phoenix. 888-463-6748. Phoenix Lee is a big-time restaurant tour guy. Is Phoenix okay. Lee a member of the Chinese hockey team? Uh, he is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just curious. And he doesn't ice dance either before you ask that question. Oh, okay. Olympic snob Jordan Burfield. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Olympic killjoy. <laughs> Olympic killjoy. Jordan Burfield. Yeah. But he said now with webcasting that he knows some guys who own, like, you know, maybe 30 or 40 McDonald's or a Chipotle or whatever yeah. Franchise it might be. I'd it, love to own Chipotle. If I, I was going to own any of them. Oh, oh, man. Love Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. little bad, bad bad breath problem after Chipotle. Yeah, it could be, yeah. But, boy, does it taste good going down. I agree. But anyhow, so he says with this webcasting stuff now that the CEOs, the owners, instead of traveling around the different states and checking on their franchises, they put up a screen in the dining area. In the service area, it may be in the kitchen. And, and the employees all know it. It's not like it's secret. And apparently it's legal. So now from your home or from your office, the CEO of these franchises can watch so what's like, going on in the Phoenix location, what's going on in the city location over here. And if you see a problem in one place, you can actually call the place up and say, you know, Jim, manager, you know, let's get that kitchen moving. Or So it's like the Truman Show. It's like Ed Harris is sitting there and bit. he's like controlling tons and tons of franchises. There's a negative aspect to it, but on a positive viewpoint, uh, you know, a manager can be much, much more efficient. You can keep an eye on everybody and make sure. Nobody's slipping up in their job. Yeah, I think Ed Harris, just in general, would be a good manager of something. I love Ed Harris. He's just like, he's got that look. He's got that that kind of hard personality yeah. that would just be, that would work well as a manager of something. If you're going to work for someone, he'd be a good boss. I agree. I, I mean, know. I think you would respect an Ed Harris. You no would question. work hard for an Ed Harris. No question about it. How did we get sidetracked? I don't know. We, were we always get oh, sidetracked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about conference tournaments. By the yeah. way, I completely agree with you. I was, you know, back, back to college basketball here, 888 Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Here's the deal. Bottom line. Okay. Bottom line should be a rule. You win your conference, a legitimate Division One conference. If you win your conference, that's three months of play, two and a half months of play, two months of play. You're in. You're in the big dance. Period. Regular season. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Now you play the conference tournament, and there's an opportunity for an underdog team to come through. But I completely agree with you. But Bert. here's but here's the problem with that. Okay. Here's the problem with that. If you reward, I don't have a problem with you rewarding the regular season champion. I actually think that's a fine, that's a great idea. 
Here's the problem, though, then, with also rewarding a conference tournament winner. What if DePaul were to then win the Big East tournament, okay? And there's a team like Louisville, let's say. They're probably going to make the tournament anyway, but just for sake of example, let's say that they were on the bubble, they had a big win at Syracuse, they've had big wins this season. Let's say then the tournament decided that, well, well now we have to take DePaul because they won the conference tournament, yep. but Louisville can't make it. See, to me, the whole charade at the conference tournaments is – it's for money. And I, and as a college basketball fan, like I said, I'm conflicted because I really like to watch the tournaments. They're fun to watch. I mean, they really are incredibly fun to watch. But inherently, they're unfair because you're rewarding somebody for three days of basketball instead of rewarding well, them for the 35 games that they just played. You're right. That's, that inherently just doesn't seem to make sense. It would be like if... In the, you know, in the NBA, they took the regular season, they put all, all, you know, 16 teams from each conference against each other, and then they decided the eight teams that were going to play in the playoffs this year by like a one week of, one week tournament before the, you know, the NBA playoffs. So that would mean like a team like the, the Hawks or something, who's the number three or the number four team in the Eastern Conference. What if, the worst team in the Eastern Conference happened to beat them, then they're out, then they don't even get to play in the playoffs, and they had a way better year. Mm -hmm. See, just that to me, and it doesn't always happen, obviously. Sometimes the chalk wins and the fair rules out. But there are plenty of years, and we've seen this, where these teams that don't deserve to be in the tournament get there, and then they get smoked, and it's like, well, what were they doing there? Well, uh, you're right. Uh, You can't argue with that point. I guess playing the devil's advocate, uh, maybe a team... Had some injuries during the year, or can we at least credit teams that improved? No, because... It got better, and, you know, at the end of the year, you know what? We're a damn good team. We got hot, and we won that tournament. Give us a chance. But here's... But, but, the, your, but your I don't point even think, does make sense. Yeah, because I, I don't even you. think that they really got hot. I don't really think that they improved. I think they just got hot for three games. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, even but a bad... Teams, teams do get better. No, they do, but I'm saying a bad team can get hot for three games, right? I mean, the Washington Nationals can have a 65-win season, but win six in a row. That doesn't mean that they improved. That just means they got hot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I don't think that it means that they've they've gotten markedly better than they were before. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're really rewarding improvement. Uh, One thing I will say, though, in in college basketball, and I'm seeing this now on both screens in here, how good is that Villanova-Syracuse game going to be tomorrow night? How good is that game going to be? Now, is that for the Big East regular season championship? Well, I think it would be because right now Syracuse leads the Big East at uh what are they 13 or 14 and 2 in the conference mm-hmm. and then Villanova's one game back and Villanova has three losses on the year Syracuse has two both of Syracuse's losses ironically are at home but they're going to have the biggest crowd ever on a home site college basketball game tomorrow Game is at is at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse uh, They too bad it's not at the Palestra <laughs> right is that where Villanova still plays Well I do they play or at the Palestra? Or at the Palestra? I was just going to say, don't they play at the Wachovia Center for the big yeah, games? Yeah, that's right, that's right. But I, I was going to, you know, for for in terms of this game on campus, they're they're expecting like 35,000 people at this thing, Coach. Mm-hmm. 35,000 people. They're expecting to set a record for the highest attended game ever in a home site college basketball wow. game. Wow. And I have been to the Carrier Dome many times when there were 33,000 people there. And it is unlike any atmosphere you could ever see in college basketball. Having been there, having called games in that situation, having been in the student section in that, that situation as a Syracuse fan, when there's 33,000 people wearing orange and the, the crowd is so big like nothing you've ever seen, 
I would tell anyone who is a big college basketball fan, this is not because I'm a Syracuse fan or that I went there or I'm a homer. You can call me whatever you want. Go to a game there when there's that many people there, and you come back and tell me you didn't think it was the coolest college basketball experience you've ever seen. That's all I'm saying. You're, Go it, and it, do it and tell me you haven't seen it, and that's what it's going to be tomorrow, and it's two of the top five teams in the country. If you are a salesman for Syracuse basketball, you get the job because you sold me. I mean, well, no, I'm just saying it's, no, it's going to be awesome. A, yeah, you, know? you did a great yeah. sales job. Syracuse, by the way, 13-2, and two, Villanova 12-3, and three, so it is for the Big East Championship at least a share of. And I hope that there still is, and I worry that there's not. I know at the professional level there's definitely not, and I'm talking about pride, honor, prestige in winning a conference championship. I mean, right now in the NBA, who cares who wins the Western Division, Eastern Division, even when they print the standings. Right, doesn't They matter. print, like, the, the, the top eight playoff teams. They don't right. even go by division anymore. So, you know, I, I hope there's still a lot of pride, not in the conference tournament, but winning the regular season Big Ten. Well, they're the only... The Big East, whatever happens in the tournament, whatever happens, we are the Big East regular season champions. I worry that our young kids lose... A little bit of the pride in a conference championship, but I think it should be. Well, because in, in college basketball, in NBA basketball, in hockey, you know, winning your division or your conference is not a big deal. Which is it's too not. bad. Well, I mean, it, it is, in, but they don't no, consider but, it. No, but it isn't because well, it is. in baseball, when you win a division, yeah. you earn a berth to the playoffs. In football, when you win your division, you earn a berth to the playoffs. There's obviously a couple wild card teams in both sports, but it's not a big deal in basketball or in in hockey, unless you're a small conference. If you win the MEAC, that's important as long as you win your MEAC tournament. If you're Syracuse, listen, do they want to win the Big East tournament? Or do they want to win the Big East championship? Of course they do. But if they don't, it doesn't matter. There's still going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. See, but I think that's a first, I think you're wrong a little bit. And second, I think that's a problem. And I think it needs to be addressed. There needs to be a re. What, you want people to care more? Yes. Well, I mean, I just think that. I do. Well, okay, but I, I think that. <laughs> You know, it's it to me. It's it's part of the system. It's just the it is the way it is. Mm -hmm. The conference tournaments in major conferences are not as important because there's multiple teams getting into the tournament. Yeah. And if you're a team like Syracuse, if you're a team like Kansas, if you're a team that's obviously one of the top seeds in the tournament as mm -hmm. it is right now, barring a major collapse, you're going to be a top seed anyway. And those teams are positioning themselves. Yeah, but for the national championship, not for a Big East or a Big 12 or a Big 10 championship. See, that's the problem. Implied in all of your uh, disgust there, not disgust, by the way, but disgust, <laughs> yes. uh, is that it's all about it's all about the tournament. And I would argue it's not all about the NCAA tournament. I would argue it's body of work. The NCAA tournament is the carrot at the end is the fine dessert at the end of a good meal. Yes, the ultimate is to win the championship and make the NCAA, but I hate it. hate it when I hear players, hey, Jimmy, yeah, you won the Big East championship. Aren't you proud? Oh, it's a great win for us. We're really proud, but it doesn't mean anything if we don't do anything in the NCAA But tournament. he's right, because here's no, the thing. No, he's not right. It Be does mean no, something. No, because no you one... played two and a half months. You won your conference tournament. If you happen to lose in the first or second game of the NCAA tournament, it doesn't wipe out all the great It does Murphy. ruin the season. For it you, ruins it does. the season. For well, me, it doesn't, and you're an Olympic killjoy. No, I am an Olympic killjoy, but, but here's the thing, Coach. When you're that good, it's not good enough to be just a team. Listen, no one's going to remember if... Syracuse has a great year and doesn't win the tournament it's, or doesn't do well in the nobody's tournament. Gonna no one's going to remember that. Nobody's going to remember that. Attitudes like you. 
if more people had attitudes like me, then they would remember. But most people don't have attitudes well, like because you. because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. It but, is the way it is. Well, it, it's, it is the way it is. Because people think like you. I'm trying to get you to change your thinking. No, but when you, but, but coach, but it's, it's a defeatist attitude, what you're saying. Because if you're, if you're just going to say, oh, well, this is great. We had a, such a great season. It doesn't matter what we do from that's now on. That's not what I'm that's saying. That's not, not what I'm saying. That's not, that's not winning spirit. I mean, if not you, what I'm saying. if you have a season as good as this for a Syracuse or a Kansas or the teams at the top, Kentucky, okay? It's, all you, I mean, listen. You try to win as many games as these team ha, these teams have to position yourself for an opportunity to win the national championship. If you're a UIC, for example, okay, and they were to have won the Horizon League this year, that's a great accomplishment for UIC because they're not a school that's likely going to compete for the national championship. So it would be a great opportunity for them to win and to accomplish a bad, that in bad a season. Comparison if you're Syracuse if, is playing in a tough conference. No, but if you're Syracuse, yes, you want to win the Big East. It's a nice little piece of pride, nah, but nah, if nah, they don't nah, win nah. in the NCAA tournament, nah. it ultimately nah. changes the season you, dramatically. You have just trivialized winning a Big East championship like, yeah, oh, it's a nice little thing, but I can't go with you there. Because yeah. that's because that's the reality. People want to win the championship. You don't right. want to win. It's I mean, it's like in anything in well, life. It's your reality. Well, no, it's not but my but reality. it's but in anything in life, you want to be the best. You don't want to be decent. You want to well, be the th- best. Th- that goes without saying. The difference of our opinion is how much pride you take in the fact that you won a regular season championship. How much disappointment do you take when you didn't reach your ultimate if, goal? If it I were, ruin the if rest I were of the if, as a fan of sports, if my team were ultimately satisfied. With winning a conference tournament saying and not with okay, but but then I mean, you, what do you want them to do? Just like run up and down the court with their hands up in the air, cheering and pouring champagne? If they on each won other? a conference championship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, mean, I, I, I guess you can that. you can have that. I mean, listen, okay. when when teams win divisions in in baseball, they celebrate with champagne. Yeah. But the thing is, to me, th- that should never ever be something that's the ultimate goal or that we should right. totally celebrate because the fact is the Cubs won the division in 07 and 08. Right. It was a fun year, but everyone just remembers that they lost in the playoffs mm-hmm. because that's where you're ultimately judged. That's where you're ultimately defined, right. the postseason. To be continued, we appreciate everybody listening today on the TalkZone.com. Winter Olympics concluding this weekend. Go USA in the remaining couple of events. Yes, Enjoy USA, Jordan's. USA. Favorite event, the closing ceremony. Sunday night, we'll be back at you Monday. <laughs> David Olson, have a great week off, man. We appreciate all the great work. Well-deserved you, week off. In fact, you want to take a couple of weeks, go ahead. Are you just trying to get rid of him? No, oh, we enjoy working with Randy Myers. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.